On this episode of The Mompreneur Show, I'm talking to Tiffany Crumans. She's a wife, a mother of two children, and the first woman to get a deal on Shark Tank. I'm your host, Vika Lashenko, and this is the show that features amazing stories of the most remarkable mompreneurs. Thank you so much for joining us. Tell us your journey. Where did you start? How did you even get an idea for the product that you have? Well, um, I worked with children with special needs for many years, and I had one particular little boy named Gibby, who I absolutely love. He's still like family to me. He had an extremely difficult time with taking medication. So um, I went home one night, and I was determined to make it better for him after watching months and months of struggling. And I went and purchased a bunch of Um, just random objects, and I created the very first Ava the Elephant, which is pretty rough, as you can see. She's sewn up the back, and she's, and I taped the back of a a recordable greeting card on the back of it and recorded my voice saying, one, two, three, open wide, which is what Ava says now, and the only reason that I actually created this was for him. You know, I just wanted him to have a better time, and I took it to work, and I used it on him, and I said, Gibby, this is your new little buddy. She's going to administer your medicine, or she's going to give you your medicine, and um, he loved her. He, he, it was as if a light bulb went off. You know, he just got it, and I used this on him, and we washed it and reused it and reused it for quite some time before I even thought about it being um, an actual product that was sold all over the world. Wow. Okay, so when you went into Shark Tank, and uh-huh. this is, I'm like totally jumping around, but when you went into Shark Tank, you just had an idea, right? Right. I did. And, and how did you even know about Shark Tank? Since it was the first episode, first season, how did you know about it? I actually saw the casting on Craigslist of all places. It said, wow. um, the headline was, do you have the next million dollar idea, but you don't have the funding to make it happen? And I thought... Yeah, I think I do. I, you know, I have this idea I've been sitting on and it's worked so well, you know, I might as well give it a shot. And I did. And I heard back very quickly and I started the probably six month long process of getting approved for the show. And then I pitched on the first episode, the pilot episode of Shark Tank. That's amazing. And a lot of people ask you, were you nervous? Can you tell us a bit about that? Oh, I was extremely nervous, just like you are on anything like that. But um, I wasn't nervous, I think, in the sense that people are now. People go on now and they're nervous about the sharks, you know, destroying them or treating them badly. I didn't know who the sharks were. We were handed a a piece of paper because it was the pilot episode and it said, these are the people you're going to be pitching to. And I thought, okay. I was more nervous about just going in with one shot to get my point across um, than I was, you know, who I was pitching to or what the outcome would be because I knew that if it was meant to be, it was going to happen. Wow. That's amazing. So did you know beforehand or... Did, did you know the names of the people beforehand? No. You- oh, well, I knew, yeah, like maybe 20 minutes before I pitched. I got a, a piece of paper that d- described all of the um, investors and just kind of what they did and uh, what their specialties were. And that was about it, just their names. That's amazing. So they were really nice um, on the show for you. They were. I'm sorry. I had to put my computer down. <laughs> oh, no. um, yeah, they, they took it easy on me. You know, I, I think it just showed that I that I loved him and that, um, that this product was, you know, something that was needed by a lot of kids. And so they couldn't really argue with that. Uh, some yeah. of the men didn't want to do business because they weren't the ones at home, uh, you know, administering medicine. Exactly. So it didn't make sense exactly. to them. But Exactly. Some didn't even understand that. Yeah. All right. So 
after you got a deal on Shark Tank, you worked with Barbara. How was that? Awesome. She's been amazing. She and I, um, we have a little bit different of a relationship, I think, than most people now because we were a few of the first investments on the show. So we kind of had to learn, you know, how to do all of this together, um, how to launch a product and and a medical product at that. So uh, we grew pretty close. And then I was, um, as you said, diagnosed with cancer. So she was just so supportive through that. So good to me. And she's always just, she's always been amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about your cancer journey? How did you Mm -hmm. find out and how did you go through this? How were you able to uh, beat it? Um, It was difficult. And it's, uh, you know, I think a cancer diagnosis isn't, it's not a one-time thing. You know, you hear it, you you have surgery treatment and you're done. You always think about it. And unfortunately, I've had a couple scares over the years that have brought me right back around to that pain. But I'm thankful right now to be completely cancer-free and I'm so thankful for that. Um, but I just got through it by remembering why I was doing what I was doing. You know, I, I love these kids and because of Ava, you know, I came up with Ava and now I have cancer. So we have this special bond, um, for the little ones that were fighting cancer to know really what they're going through and, and why I needed to provide this, this tool for them to take the medications that they take every day. Wow. That's incredible. So, um, when working with Barbara, what are some, takeaways that you got from her from working with her oh gosh I mean I got a lot but uh, I think the best one was um she always used to take me tell me to take uh take the best and leave the rest that's her saying so because I mean Barbara gets a lot of criticism being so well known all over the world so she just learned to let it roll off her shoulders and I had to learn that the hard way because I I'm I'm very tender-hearted and um I didn't really expect all the things that I was going to encounter in business. So she really helped me, you know, toughen up. So can you share with us, um, what are the things that, um, happen in business that you, you weren't expecting? Oh gosh. Well, I could write a book about all of the things that happen in business. You know, I I didn't, to be honest with you, when I went on Shark Tank, I didn't even know I was launching what was considered a medical device. So that in itself became, you know, a hurdle that I had to overcome. I thought it was a toy over a dispenser, you know, but, um, there were a lot of lessons, but I think some of the, the two main lessons that I learned that I would tell a product based entrepreneur are when you find, when you found your company, you're going to have what's called an operational agreement. Mm -hmm. And that agreement is going to be what protects you through Mm -hmm. the life of your business. And I just recommend that it's set up really well the way that Barbara and I was. And, that it just, it, basically that agreement will say who enters the company, who exits the company, um, who can come in the company, who can, who has to leave the company. And it also says, you know, what your rights are. And until that's changed, nothing changes within your company. So I would, I would advise people to get an attorney for that portion of their business and make sure that that is set up um, very, very well just to protect you because you don't want to work for four or five, six years and then have someone come in and try to take it out from underneath you. It's it's not a good feeling. Um, and then the other thing would be in retailers. Um, you know, I think a lot of people assume I have an idea, I have a product, I want to launch it. Once I get into retailers, I'm a millionaire and that's not how it works. Uh, retail is a lot of work and getting in the door is probably the easiest thing you'll do. Uh, once it gets on the shelf, getting it off the shelf is a big thing. And I think one thing that we didn't understand when we first launched was um, that you need to be on something called a planogram, which is the map of the store. And you have to have that home in that planogram. So 
I would Can you suggest- tell us a little bit about that? Like, Yeah. Well, so the plantergram, like I said, it's the map of the store, and, and it, it gives you a definite place in every single store, and it guarantees that you're going to be there for your customers to find. And it was something that we didn't know about when we first launched, so we had issues with people actually finding our product because we didn't set that up correctly. So my piece of advice on that would be to, if if you're going to be approaching retailers, you need to have somebody working with you that understands that industry, and there's a lot of specialists that can help you with that, maybe take a a small percentage of commission and they are well worth it because they understand how to set up those documents correctly to protect you again. Hmm. Very, very interesting. So now how did you get into all these retailers? And I understand, you know, Barbara had her contacts, but, um, what was the process like? Um, well, you know, it starts out with a meeting. A lot of people try to get through to buyers and one, another piece of advice I'd give, in regards to retailers is people take buyers not responding to them. They take it personally. You know, when you have a great idea and you email these buyers and they don't get back to you, you assume, you know, you can start to think that your product's not a good product or that you haven't written the correct email. And it's not about that. These buyers get hundreds of thousands of inquiries every day and they're having to decide what fits best in that store and what's the best price and what's going to get to them the fastest. There's a lot that comes into play. So, um, just be prepared to hear a lot of no's before you get that first yes. And I think it's a beautiful thing to grow from the ground up. Um, a good company that did that was Boogie Wipes. Um, one of my friends, Mindy and Julie, two, two women actually, uh, founded that together. And they built it from the ground up. They kind of had this underground following and they worked their butts off and they were in the store selling, you know, giving out samples and they built it the right way and it succeeded because of that. Whereas with mine, it was kind of like, oh, we're thrown into the store, we're on the show and everything was a little bit backwards. So it's, it, the grass is not always greener growing really fast. I think there's something to be said for, for growing slowly and really establishing all those things the correct way the first time around. Hmm. Very, very interesting. And yes, um, I am very familiar with the Boogie Wipes girls and um, incredible business. And thank you so much for mentioning them because I definitely want them on the show um, in the future as well. Um, Now, so let's go back a little bit and talk about after the product went on the shelves. Did you run any advertisements, anything that will get the people buy the product? Because you mentioned that it's one thing getting inside the store, um, but it's another thing to actually have those consumers buy the mm-hmm. product. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, that's a good question because that kind of leads into the the documents that I told you about. When you're setting up with these retailers and you don't have the exposure that I had on Shark Tank, I didn't have to do any of that because I was very blessed with that exposure that kept coming around. You know, my episodes would air and all of a sudden we'd get more and more press and it kind of just stayed uh, front of mind, thank God. But um, when you're coming in the other way, yes, you do have to set those things up in advance. There's A lot of people would think it was crazy to, to sell your product to a store and go ahead and give them a coupon off of your product, but that's very typical. You, you would sell your product to a retailer And you would offer them right up front, say, you know, this month of July, I'm going to offer you 25 cents off each unit so that you can offer that to the customer. And you have to be prepared in your pricing and in your business model to offer that um, going in, which surprised Barbara and I. You know, we we thought, what do you mean? You're putting in all the stores and you want us to offer a a coupon up front. That didn't make any sense to us, you know, but that's just the way that world works. And I think the sooner retail product entrepreneurs realize that there are rules to go by and Mm -hmm. that they're not going to be broken for you, the better off you are. Mm, Very, very interesting. 
Okay, so that was quite um, a whirlwind for you, both you and Barbara, because I don't think mm-hmm. Barbara was in retail before. Yeah, she her her um, main focus was real estate before that. Very, very interesting. Okay, so what would you tell somebody who wants to get on Shark Tank, like season? Make eight? it interesting. I mean, they obviously get. I think it, the last statistic was forty thousand and um, forty thousand submissions every season. So. It's going to have to be something that, you know, a good solid brand that stands out. But more importantly, you're going to have to shine on TV. You know, if you can be more excited about your brand and your product, um, you got a better chance at getting on, I think. Yeah, I completely agree. And I feel like you had a really good story, really good story to tell. I wish you saw more um, inventions on the show now, like actual brand new novel ideas. But I think the problem is... Um, it does take a long time to launch a product from yeah. beginning to retail. And uh, as with ours, you know, it took forever. So um, it's hard for them to do that because they can't show the progress, you know, the next season around because it's still being built. So it's a little difficult for them to show that. And I wish they could. Mm. And how many years ago was this? My first episode was, oh gosh, six and a half years ago. Mm. Okay. Yeah. The pilot episode was six and a half years yeah. ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a long time. And you're right about yeah. the pilot episode being uh, re-aired and then the updates that those are really yes. cool too. So, well, it basically never ends. Once you're on Shark Tank, you're on there for good because it's airing all over the world and repeated over and over and over again. And basically it's brand new to people. Um, all over again. Every time they see it, they email and say, I just saw your episode, you know, and I could have filmed it six years ago, but exactly. to them, it's brand new. Exactly. Okay. So let's talk a, b- a little bit about um, the family side of things. I know that I became friends with you on Facebook a couple years ago, and and we totally didn't talk about this previously, but um, let me know if you don't want to talk about this. Okay. But um, we... I, I saw on your Facebook page that there are some people that actually broke into your house after you were aired on Shark Tank. Can they you share some a uh, little bit about that? They didn't break in, but um, you get just like with any show, like American Idol, they get you know really crazy fans that are super into the show. Yeah, um, yeah. You get a lot of people like that on Shark Tank as well, mm-hmm. and it's mainly people with good intentions that you know they want to launch a product and they tried so hard and they reach out relentlessly and so they did not break into my home but we have mm-hmm. we've had a lot of visitors over the year over the years that wow. have come to our door um and wanted to show us their product and basically try to get it on the show or they've had the idea that maybe I could invest in their company which I wasn't in the position to do at that time um so yeah it people get a little excited but you know I can't I can relate to that because you know when I went on I really wanted to do it and I guess they're just going to try anything they can yeah, for sure. So if somebody watching right now has a product and, oops, we lost Sorry. you there. Uh, okay, there you go. Awesome. So if somebody has a product uh-huh. um, and they don't necessarily want to go into Shark Tank, but they do want um, somebody's help, would they, like, could you consult them? Would they be able to hire you as a consultant? You know, uh, I'm not really doing consulting type stuff right now only because of what I'm working on with my business right now. Mm-hmm. I ju- it just won't allow me to have the time to do that. But I have some great connections, one of them being one of the women from Boogie Wipes. 
who do that on a day-to-day basis. I mean, they know this industry. Uh, Mm -hmm. I know another man on Facebook that's very talented and has launched many products that does that. So they're welcome to reach out to me and I can steer them to those people. What I am doing with entrepreneurs is I have teamed up with a couple. One of the companies I've teamed up with is the founder of Seatsational. And it's a a marketing company where where you market or brand your product on the seat, on seat covers at um, sporting arenas. So it just made perfect sense to me. It was all this open space that wasn't being used and it just, it, and it's a not cheap product to make, but it's, you know, a reasonable price. So it just made perfect sense to me. I teamed up with her. I partnered her with her now. And, uh, what I'm really doing with her is opening, trying to op- open doors, you know, here in Atlanta, around the country, maybe around the world, um, and just get those doors open and open the um, communication up so that they can complete those deals. And that's something I am more interested in doing. Hmm, interesting, interesting. Yep. So um, what about, would you be able to give some advice here on the show for uh, mom entrepreneurs who have a product-based business? I mean, there's so many moms in our community that have either Etsy shop or Shopify shop or they sell things on Instagram, things that they have built, created themselves. What um, would you recommend them doing? Like, how would you, like, if they were starting from the ground up, what mm-hmm. would your advice be for them? Um, it better be something, my only piece of advice is it better be something you're super passionate about because business will destroy you. I mean, it can be really, really brutal. You're going to encounter a lot of, of bad stuff and a lot of heartache and you just better love what you're doing. If you're going to really commit to it and more importantly, if you're going to invest money or ask other people to invest money in your business, uh, just be prepared to commit 110%. And that's how it was for me. You know, when I went through the cancer stuff, if it hadn't been Ava, and I hadn't seen the effect that this product had on ch- sick children, I never would have made it. I would have given up years ago. Mm, so interesting. Thank you so much for sharing that because mm-hmm. so many times that we moms are so desperate for that yeah. income. And we mm-hmm. kind of like, okay, well, I'll just, I'll just do anything. I'll power through it, but it's not going to last. Yes. And I even came to that in my business where I, I – um, almost proceeded with partnerships that I shouldn't have and Mm. just did so many things I shouldn't have done because I wanted so badly to succeed with Ava and it took kind of getting knocked down a few times and realizing okay this is going to come when it's supposed to I need to be patient keep my head down keep working and it's going to get there so Tiffany how would you avoid things like that though how would you avoid um potentially maybe working with somebody that you were not well suited for that avoid um, maybe a bad partnership or mm-hmm. um, avoid um, maybe a bad decision in business? You know, unfortunately, you can't avoid all of them. I think sometimes you're going to think that things are one way and they're not. So um, you can't avoid them all, but I just, you know, keep your eyes open and, and really be smart and slow about your decisions, especially when it comes to working with people and partnering with people because you need to know that they're in it for the right reasons and that you're going to be able to hold on to the baby that you've grown, that you've worked so hard at. So what about um, you working um, on your business? Like you have two children. Yeah. How do you balance everything? You know, I'm, I'm pretty good about turning the business off when I need to. You know, when, it, when I'm not working on my company, I'm with my family and I'm 100% with them. You know, I'm usually outside, outdoors, hiking or um rollerblading or just doing something that releases all the anxiety of business. And then when I'm in business, I'm 110% in it. So I think you just got to turn them off when the time is right. And you're going to get emails, you know, late at night, you're going to get phone calls late at night. If you're 
um, running a business that sold internationally or maybe even all over the world. But you've got to learn that those things aren't so urgent and that they're not more important than your family. And I had to learn that the hard way. You know, I even with cancer, I was still burning myself out on the company, you know, constantly answering phone calls, constantly helping people. And it was so much so that it was hurting my business and hurting my family. So you just got to learn to shut all that down. Mm. When, is, when that's the right time. Mm, that is so beautifully said, uh, Tiffany. So what does your typical day look like? Right now it's a little bit different. You know, before it was running the business and figuring out where they were shipping to and how many we were reordering and just, you know, there's a million tasks when you have a retail product. But right now it's a little different because um, I'm in the process of uh, speaking with multiple companies about licensing Ava. So taking my original idea, Ava the Elephant, and the brand that I built around her and licensing that under another large entity that can either expand the brand or just sell Ava, whatever it ends up being. Um, so it just looks a lot different right now. I'm doing more meetings with people than I am working on the company. Very interesting. So I'm really excited to hear where uh, to see where you're taking your company because it's quite a different direction. And I'm curious, why did you um, choose to go this route? You know, you can only survive at retail as a single product for so long. So you, can, you can't you can just, if you notice when you go into the store and you see um, these brands, they hold many, many places on that shelf. And that's because they need to have that presence and really, you know, have 15 to 20 different bottles or pacifiers or whatever it is. If I was either going to have to launch, you know, five additional products and really take up some of that space and really commit and invest, or I want, I really discovered that I wanted to be creative again, you know, and that I couldn't do that if I was running a business day in and day out. So my decision came in wanting to really go back to creating under another company and or or even creating multiple products for different brands. And that's something I've been doing over the past two years. I've met with um, brands of completely different stuff, nothing to do with medical products, uh, backpacks and this and that. And just designing products and then pitching them to them for licensing. So that's kind of, I think that's my happy place and that's where I'm going to stay. Very interesting. Thank you so much for sharing that. And Mm -hmm. I love that um, you're not afraid to move on and to, you know, to choose a business, uh, a different business model. So that's really great. Well, I think I I just want a good home for Ava. If I know that Ava's in a good place and that she is still available to kids and, and doing what she needs to do, then I'm good to do whatever. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so, um, Anna, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Anna is asking, she would like to get more information about the resources that you mentioned in regards of consultants. Cool. Um, okay. So if, do you want to, do you want to mention some here? And then also I would love to hear, um, if you have any resources that really helped you organize, stay organized, um, tools that you use that helped you grow your business. One great book is the mom inventor handbook. Mm. I don't want to butcher Tamara, Tamara's last name. Both are difficult to say. Um, but she wrote a wonderful book called the mom inventor handbook. She actually shared my story in the most recent version of it because I used that before I went on shark tank. Mm -hmm, I took mm -hmm. that book and I went through the steps and did a lot of the stuff, um, you know, patent searches and all that stuff before Mm -hmm. I went on the show. And it's just super valuable because it just gives you all the little check marks, do this, do this, do this, make this decision. Um, so that one I would recommend. And then Mindy of boogie wipes does, uh, consulting and that is a, perfect resource for any mom that wants to launch because she is a mom and she's launched a successful product. So we can link to it after this, maybe put the link right underneath and I'll tag her. 
I have a lot um, of and Jem as well, a friend of mine named Jem. So I'll I'll put all those underneath. Absolutely, and I think she's in Portland, like Beaverton area. I believe so. Maybe. Yeah. How mm-hmm. awesome! How awesome, Tiffany. This has been amazing, and I really appreciate you for uh, coming on. Our time is coming. Um, to an end and I would like to ask you one final question um what advice do you have for for mom entrepreneurs maybe who are just starting out Uh, and I know you gave so much advice on the show Mm -hmm. so much great golden nuggets but anything else that uh, maybe you want to add Oh, just take a deep breath. Don't take it so seriously. You know, I have cried more tears than I can count uh, in this journey because I've taken so many things in business personally and so many things in business to heart. And I just, you've got to learn that if you've done everything you can do and you you send an email and it's gone, let it go. Because for people like me who are super anxious about that type of stuff, yeah. uh, I wonder, you know, did I say that right? Would I, you know, would I've had that opportunity if I'd done that? And you've just got to learn to Take a deep breath, let it go, and work hard. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> work hard, and you'll you'll get there. Thank you, Tiffany. And you're Thank a hard you. worker, and that's one of the reasons that Barbara even actually I, – I had to go and re, uh, replay the, the episode. And um, that's what Barbara said. I mean, you're a hard worker, and I can't believe she saw that in you so quickly. Our bond was instant, and it, you know, when I watch it back, I'm shocked because I think that hug was so genuine when we met on the show, and it stayed that way. So, yeah, I think if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, right? That is. Thank absolutely. you for having me on. <laughs> Tiffany, absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. You're amazing. I really appreciate your time. All right, thank you so much for joining us on the Mompreneur Show. I really appreciate you. If you're watching us live and if you're watching the replay, thank you so much. Please join us live next time every single Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. And about Eastern time, so funny, I am on the East Coast now. We just moved to Greenville, South Carolina, and I'm here from um, coming to you from a Regis office that I'm renting. And it's amazing how I now have more time to prepare for the show because it's starting at 1 p.m. now, so it's kind of fun. Thank you again so much for watching. I really hope to see you live next time. If you have any questions, please ask, uh, put comments below. I'm sure that Tiffany will have a few minutes and uh, to answer questions. And all the things that we talked about will be in the show notes in just a couple of days. And I'll send out an email in um, when it's live. So if you are not on our email list, please go to mompreneurshow.com and sign up. If you would like to... Uh, catch up on all the previous episodes that we had with the mompreneurs please do that it's on mompreneurshow.com you will see all of them there there's so much great information um other moms who are product business owners digital product business owners bloggers incredible interviews and we've been going on since january so there's lots of good stuff there again my name is vicky lashenko and i have been your host and this is a show that features amazing stories of the most remarkable mom entrepreneurs thank you so much for watching and i'll see you next time